As we find ourselves in our missions month, let's just remember why missions? What, why missions? Is missions just a thing that a group of guys was coming up? Do you know even the denomination, the fellowship we're, we're a part of, it's called the Assemblies of God. And um, it's, it's really worldwide. It's one of the largest denominations in the world, even though you may have never heard of it. <laughs> um, but uh, here, here's the deal. Here's what I want you to get. Um, our whole denomination was even started for, for, for just two or three reasons. But one of the main reasons was we want to come together, organize, to take the gospel to the ends of the earth. That's like why our, our denomination was ever even started and, and so it's, it's ingrained in our DNA. It's ingrained in who we are, but not just because it's our denominational thing. It's because it's the word of God. You know, you go back to the very beginning. You can even go back to the fall of man in the book of Genesis. And you can see that even, even in, that, in that when the serpent did what he did, obviously Satan and Adam and Eve, and they gave in, you can see that even in that context, God's heart wasn't just to punish man, but to redeem men from their sin. You can, you can fast forward and you can go to places like, um, uh, think about Genesis chapter 6, there was this guy named Jonah who built an ark. Okay, I'm glad you're with me. <laughs> Noah built an ark. And in Genesis chapter 6, in fact, can we go to verse 17? I'm jumping around, I know, but Genesis chapter 6, verse 17 and 18. Uh, I'm going to bring floodwaters on there to destroy all life under heavens. Every creature that has the breath of life in it, everything under will perish. I just, I, skip, I just zoom through that as if it's, oh yeah, everything on earth is going to perish. No big deal. But I will establish my covenant with you, Noah. And you will enter the ark, you and your sons and your wife, your sons' wives with you. What's your point, Scott? Redemption, redeeming people, saving people. You, the greatest uh, uh, um, uh, story of redemption in the Old Testament, you can see it on display when God brought his children out of Egypt, right? God used even, even Moses' life. Moses' life was saved. It was redeemed uh, when he was just a little baby because they were trying to kill all the baby boys. And his mom put him in that basket in the river and, and just the providence of God. But he was redeemed. As you see, the Israelites, were, they were redeemed. They were brought out of slavery so they could worship God. Listen, you can go all the way through the Old Testament. You can see God's heart is redemption. God's heart is to see people one uh, and brought out of their sin, out of their yuck, into uh, a redeemed state, a right relationship before God. You get to the New Testament, you get to scriptures like, I'm going to pull out the King James on you here. You ready for this? John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, here it is, that whosoever believeth in him, we got an if in there, should not perish but have everlasting life. This is God's heart. God's heart is redemption. The heart of scripture all throughout the Old Testament, all throughout the New Testament, is that the lost would be found. They would be changed. Their lives would come to Jesus. You look at Mark chapter 4. Well, even, 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 before, even before we get there, um, as, as you think about the New Testament, and you think about um, what the Lord, uh, how the Lord moved in the midst of, 
of the New Testament. And you, you, you think in, in um, is it First or Second Peter? Can you pull that scripture up from First or Second Peter? That'd be great. But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise. Look at this. Look, look at that. As someone, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. He doesn't, the Lord's desire is that no one dies and, and, and spends eternity without Christ. Do you get that? That's his heart. And if that's the Lord's heart, how many know that ought to be our heart? Am I right? Our, our desire ought not to be that, man, I hope they burn in hell. <laughs> no. Man, I, I hope they get their life right with Jesus so they will not be spending eternity in a, in a Christless eternity. So you, you think about not only the Old Testament, but the New Testament, the whole heart and the push. Even as you look in Revelation, in Revelation chapter 5, look at this. Um, and they sang a new song saying, You're worthy to take scroll and to open a seal, for you were slain and redeemed us to God by the Lamb. Out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation. Why do we pray for the nations? Because every nation, God desires to bring people to Jesus. God desires for, to redeem people from their sin. Every nation. And so if we think about the why, why missions? Why do we take a whole blooming month and talk about missions? In fact, uh, some of the missionaries that came through this week if you didn't know, this past Wednesday night, we had, uh, we had like 120 people here this past Wednesday night praying in the sanctuary, just praying over missionaries, praying over nations. It was amazing. We had to set up extra chairs. You know, you know something good's happening when you have to set up extra chairs for a prayer meeting, right? It's amazing. Um, and so it was really cool, great, great. But some of the missionaries like, now, now you, you, you focus on missions in the, the whole month of February. It's not just like a weekend. It's not just like a week like most normal churches. And I was like, no, because I guess we're not normal. We're a little abnormal. We take the whole month and we talk about missions and evangelism and God's heart for us to reach those that are lost and use us to reach those that are lost. It's, why do we do that? We do that because it's, it's, in the, it's the heart of the church. It's, a, it's the heart of the word of God. All throughout scripture, God's heart is to bring the nations to him. So now the question then becomes, if, um, let's get past the why and let's, let's just begin to think, how? How do we do this? How do we reach? Acts chapter one, verse eight, our whole mission's uh, heart here at Pathways built on Acts chapter one, verse eight. And you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. All right. Let's move in the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's ask the Lord to baptize us, fill us with his Holy Spirit. You shall receive power, and you'll be my people who have spiritual hoedowns on Sunday mornings and great services, and that's why I sent my spirits, just so that you could have great services. And You know, what I found is when you get people that are filled with the Spirit and just really, we have great services, but the Scripture doesn't say, I'm going to fill you with the Holy Spirit so that you could have great services. Acts 1.8 says this, and you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses. The whole reason the Holy Spirit comes on us, empowers us, is to witness to others. Where at? To our Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. Our Jerusalem, our city, our town, our county, right here, right where we're at. Our Judea, Samaria, 
What does that look like? Well, we could, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this, but I think about that as our region, maybe even our nation, and then to the ends of the earth. That, that means to the ends of the earth. And every one of those is just as important as another. That's something that we've got to understand. It's just as important that we reach our Jerusalem as it is we reach our ends of the earth. That's God's heart. How can we do that? Now look, look in your Bibles. Look in your Bibles to Luke chapter 5. We're going to go to verse 17. Let's teach. Here we go. Ready? One day, as he was teaching, Pharisees and teachers of the law, who had come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem, were sitting there, and the power of the Lord was present for him to heal the sick. Let's pause. Pharisees. (laughs) They get a bad rap, and rightfully so. As you read the New Testament and you study the Pharisees, um, by the time we catch up with them in the Gospels, They had issues, let me tell you. But what you got to know is this. The Pharisees started off good, in a sense. The Pharisees' desire was to keep the truth of the word, and and let's stay true to the word. Let's follow the word. The challenge is, is they started making up all these other rules and these other teachings to try to make sure we keep the scriptures correctly. And you know, we understand that over 600 rules and regulations were put into place by the Pharisees. To keep us, they were, these were rules and regulations to keep the, the people of that time to make sure that they kept the word of God. It was bondage. It was these Pharisees. They, they got jealous of Jesus. They got jealous that Jesus was getting a lot of attention. And so they wanted to come check it out. And it says that there was um, teachers of the law. This was basically, these were scribes. These were people, when you see that, teachers of the law, these were people mostly who would copy the Bible. So they would meticulously take scripture and they'd write it and they'd copy scripture, um, specifically the Torah, the Old Testament, verse, uh, word by word, letter by letter. They'd make sure they copied it over. And, and so if they, just think of it this way. When you see that, if anyone should have known the word of God, if anyone knew what the Bible said, it should be these teachers of the law. Let me just ask you something. Have you ever known someone that knew all the scriptures? but there was very little life in them from the Spirit of Christ. I mean, have you ever known someone that could repeat to you all the scriptures, but their heart was far from serving the Lord and serving God? And that's where many of these people were. I took maybe too much time there, but I want you to understand the context. And so Jesus is ministering, and these people came and says, the power of the Lord was present for him to heal the sick. You know what that says? There are times like um, when he was, went to his hometown. Do you remember this? In Mark chapter 6, when Jesus went to his hometown in Mark chapter 6, check this out. Jesus said to them, only in his hometown among his relatives and in his own house is a prophet without honor. He could not do any miracles there except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. He was amazed at their lack of faith. Now, I'm, I don't have time to go into this completely, but I just want you to know, our, our faith plays a role in, in God moving in our lives. And I'm just going just gonna, to just stop there. Um, and then there's also the sovereignty of God, and so that plays into this. But let's just keep going. Where we're at right here, the Bible clearly says there was faith. You see that? And the power of the Lord was present for him to heal the sick. Verse 18. Okay, keep moving. Some men came carrying a paralytic on a mat and tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. Ooh, okay, let's go. Can you go with me into this house? Come on, like, let's step into this house. Jesus is here. 
There's, this house is packed out. It's all, it sounds like the windows were open, the door was open, people outside of the house. This place is just packed. And Jesus is teaching them, you know, blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are the, I mean, he's just, uh, whatever it is that he's teaching, he's sharing with them. And suddenly there came, there was a rustling on the edge of the crowd. Some men had come, undoubtedly having heard of Jesus' healing power, carrying a paralyzed man on a mat or a bed. Maybe think of it more like a stretcher. And they, they were trying to bring him in and lay him before Jesus. And the men knew that if they could just get to Jesus, Jesus could do something for their long-term friend. And then you get to verse 19. Look at it. When they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him on the mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus. Okay, go stand with me. Let's, let's step outside of the house and let's go in the crowd. You're in the crowd. You're trying. What's he saying? Can you hear? Hey, speak louder. <laughs> Turn the volume up. Sound men. <laughs> no, we're blessed with sound men here. But, uh, but yeah, I can't hear. What's Jesus saying? Jesus, speak up. You're outside of the house. And someone brings someone on a mat of some kind. There's four friends. You can only guess they're each carrying a corner, right? I mean, that's what I see in my mind. They're carrying a corner, and it's like, um, okay. And they get to the, and you would think, if you were in the crowd that was outside of the house just looking, at, and you're like, oh, here's a guy. Whoa, he looks messed up. You'd think that we would think, okay, you know what? I feel like I'm bad. I need some help. That guy needs more help than me. He can't even walk. I'm getting out of the way. You would think that we just make way, and, but Scripture seems to point to the fact that there was no making way. These people were like, you kidding me? This is my chance to see Jesus. I don't care who's behind me. I don't, I don't care what they I'm here to see Jesus. And, and so the friends are like, what are we going to do, and what does it say? It's like, we're going to go through the roof. We're going to go through the roof. Now, um, uh, in Bible times, houses were built of stone and had flat roofs made of mud mixed with straw. In addition, some homes had stone slabs underneath that mortar mixture, and this was probably the case because it, it mentions they pulled up these tiles, so they, you get through all that mixture and the tiles somewhere in there, and you rip those open. These men carried their friends up the stairs which was not unusual. They would um, sometimes use the, the, the roof of their flat, roof of their homes uh, for another area, particularly at night when it would be cool. And it said these men carried their friends up the stairs to the roof where they took apart as much of the mud and straw mixture and pried up as many tiles as was necessary. Can you imagine if you were sitting in the room and you, you were listening to Jesus and all of a sudden you're just like, Hmm. Blessed are the meek and the poor and hard. Hey, Jesus, up there. You know, you'd want to just, and I can imagine Jesus was like, I got it, don't worry about it. As little crusty things are falling down on top of his head, and he's like, it's no big deal. Blessed are the poor in spirit. And, and can you imagine, I've been in services where like babies take over the whole service, you know what I'm talking about? Someone's like, uh, a baby starts crying, whatever, and, and I can imagine in this service, in this service, in this, in this house, I mean, you, you just think about what was going on. And then suddenly, not only does the roof open up, but there's someone that pops down. And look at verse 20. When Jesus saw their faith. That's the title of the message. Whose faith? 
Whose faith? Does it say when Jesus saw the faith of the paralytic? No. The context says this, when Jesus saw their faith, the faith of those four friends, were saying, I gotta get my friend to Jesus. If I can get my friend to Jesus, then I believe God can touch him. Jesus can touch him. When he saw their faith, he said, friend, your sins are forgiven. Man, it wasn't the paralytic's faith that impressed Jesus, but the faith of his friends. It was the faith exhibited by friends who would bring their friend to Jesus. Jesus responded to their faith, forgave the man, and eventually healed the man. Listen to me. This is what I feel like. If you get nothing out of this message, get this. For better or worse, my faith, your faith, affects others. No one can make another person a Christian or born-again believer, but a person's words, actions, love will give people a chance to respond. Even a people's uh, love enough to confront will give people an opportunity to respond. These friends didn't just sit around and just, look, whatever. Well, I guess we can't get through. All right, let's go home. No. Did James, James chapter 2, verse 17, in the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is what? It's dead. They put some action in with their faith. You see, faith without works, faith without action is dead. And their faith drove them to action. For us, it isn't just understanding the whole Bible. is about redeeming the lost of the world, including us. It's, it's doing something about it. And that's what we got to leave this place with today. It's about a group of kids carrying around a buddy barrel for a whole month, begging you for change, sneaking around in your car, stealing, looking for, not stealing, um, uh, <laughs> borrowing for the kingdom, uh, going through the couch cushions, um, just asking whoever they come, complete strangers, oh, do you got any change? <laughs> It's about kids. So that why? So that our missionaries can be equipped. And if they need a, a ukulele, they can use BGMC money to buy that ukulele. If, if they need a copier machine, where then our kids are the ones that this money comes together from Assemblies of God churches all over the nation. All of our kids' money comes together and buys them, equips them for those things. Or what about our high schoolers and middle schoolers? You see, what they do is speed the light. It's called Speed the Lights, a missions organization that buys vehicles for our missionaries. So when you, when you raise your, uh, your, uh, your budget to get you to the field as a missionary, um, typically, uh, if we were to add a, a vehicle into that, it could be $30,000, $40,000 or even more now. How are you even going to get it there? If you bought it here, how are you going to get it there? So you've got to buy it there. It's more expensive there, wherever there is. And you can't even speak the language yet because you're going to language school there. And I mean, there's just a lot of logistics. And so what happened? Years ago, someone came up with the ideas, well, what if, we, what if we lit a fire underneath every teenager in every one of our churches and just encourage them to start to give? And some of them, it's not equal giving, it's equal sacrifice. Some of them don't have a job. And they have no way of making money. So, yeah, so they'll give 20 bucks over the year, 30 bucks, 50 bucks, 100 bucks over the course of the year to speed the light, whatever. And I'm told that there's already students so far this year that give, they have jobs or whatever it may be. They've already given hundreds of dollars. Like one student has already given hundreds of dollars to speed the light already. And, it's, again, it's not 
it's not um, equal giving, it's equal sacrifice, but our students are a part of that. And what does that do? Look at this picture. This is in 19, not 19, <laughs> 2018. 2018, I was in Haiti. That's the last time I, I had boots on the ground in Haiti. And this is the vehicle we rode around in. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Um, but what, I, what really caught my eye was later on is I, was, I got the, the blessing and the chance of riding in the front seat. And look at this next picture. Can you see that white little sticker? What's that say? STL, speed the light. Our students helped to purchase vehicles like that. That one with Convoy of Hope, Mission of Hope. They work together, share vehicles. I rode in a speed the light vehicle. Mission of Hope, Brad Johnson was here last week. The vehicles that their ministry uses, our students from our church and churches all over the nation like ours have, 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 have purchased those. You know, we could sit around and say, yeah, you poor little missionaries, you guys just don't have it. Good luck getting around. Or we could do something about it, and our students chose to do that. How awesome is that? You think about, go ahead, give God praise for that. It's about a church. It's about a church who could sit around and say, Poor paralytic friend, I sure wish you could get to Jesus. <laughs> or we could do something. And it's about a church that in the midst of the pandemic, you, I've already told you this before I share with you how much you gave to missions in 2021. Let me tell you how much you gave in 2020. The, the year of the pandemic, we had record missions giving. You gave $209,000. And I'll go ahead and share with you already. <laughs> I didn't notice that one. 2021, here it is. You know what you get? $100,000 more last year is what you gave to missions over the past year. Just let that sink in for a second. Go ahead. Let that sink in. Last year, we as a church were able to invest in projects like Reda. And the new building going up downtown Elkhart and, and church plants in New Zealand and Madagascar. And, and, and we, can you keep that number up there? And we were able to invest. We did this together. 303. That's like more than uh, maybe three times what our, our budget was when we started this church. Maybe four or five times. But this time we gave it away to missions. All of that, giving it away. Why? Because we're not going to sit there and see the paralytic lay in there. We're going to do something about it. Let me finish this message. Would you grab the notes? Fill this in quickly. Four things I think we can learn about the friends. And let's implement, let's pray this, and we'll get out of here. But here it is. Ready? The first thing we see is this. It's initiative. Let me ask you something. Think deeply about this. This past week, did you exhibit any initiative in sharing your faith with someone? Some weeks, I would have to answer that, I don't think I did. Other weeks, I could answer that, yeah, I did. But just think about it right now. Did you do anything? Did you take any initiative? If Jesus Christ has really saved us, set us free from our sins, don't you think we ought to share that with others? And so, how are you doing at that? Did you take any initiative did you pray for anyone? You know, my, my encouragement to you is, and I, you've heard me say this before, but I think before um, I should ever talk to someone about Jesus, it might be good to talk to Jesus about that someone. And I, and I pray, um, and we pray, God, soften their heart to the gospel. Soften their heart to the truth of the word of God. And as I go, give me the words to say, because you know I'm not good at this. 
I'm not good at this. Just like this one-on-one sharing the gospel. It's not my strength, but Lord, I want to try to help this person find the love of Jesus in their life and the, and the mercy of Christ as well as the justness of a God that, that, that gives me the chance to choose. I can choose Jesus or not. How can I do that? I've got to take the initiative. You know, I keep talking about Mission of Hope. They're one of our strategic missions partners. But in 2018, it's almost like the Holy Spirit, I don't know, was talking to them. Because they began to dream. Their mission of hope, Haiti. That's where the focus of their ministry has been since the very beginning. And they began to dream. You know, what, what they're finding is there's pockets of Haitians all over the Caribbean islands. I mean, I, I, when I fly down to Haiti, typically we go into Miami. And there's like little Haiti in Miami. There's, and this one might, the Lord might be calling some of you to Key West. They're calling Mission of Hope to Key West because there's a, a huge group of Haitians in Key West, southern tip of Florida. <clears throat> there's island. The Dominican Republic shares the, the, the physical island with Haiti. But it's like night and day, the two countries, when you, when you look at them. Um, but there's Haitians living in the, the, the DR, and they're, they can't get the same jobs as Dominicans. And I mean, I'm not, I, I don't, I'm not blaming the Dominicans for the way they treat Haitians, whatever. I'm not trying to get in the whole political scene. I'm just saying there's Haitians there. There's Haitians in the Bahamas. There's Haitians all over in the Caribbean. So they began to dream, took Holy Spirit initiative. How can we not only reach more people here in Haiti and continue to grow here, the ministry here, but how can we reach more people all over the Caribbean? They're praying for 30 strategic points, 30 points on 30 different areas in the Caribbean so that they could reach Haitians wherever they may be. I love it. It's initiative. You see, we can sit around and wait for everyone else to do it, or we can do something about it. Oh, we need to pray. I believe there's wisdom in the idea of praying and asking the Lord for wisdom and direction. But let's take initiative. How are you taking initiative and sharing Christ with someone this week? And what does that look like next week? And what does that look like when we think about the nations? Second thing we see is that we see creativity. Sometimes this means we need those of you who are younger to help. You've, it's never dawned on you. We've never done it that way before. That has never crossed your mind. And so what we need is some of you to step up. And, and it's, for 20, almost 22 years now, our prayer at this church has been, God, how do we reach this community? How do we help them see their need for Christ? What is the felt need of Middlebury? And we still are struggling with that one. But, but the biggest thing is this. How do we help people see that they need a Savior? They're lost without Jesus Christ. And would you pray with us about that? Would you help, um, help us? How can we be creative at reaching into this community and even all around the world? They created a hole in the roof. I don't know about you, but that would kind of make this rule keeper a little bit nervous. It, it, I was telling the worship team earlier, it's like when, when, uh, when they went up there and, I, and I, they might have got me up on the roof and they might have started saying, yeah, okay, what we're gonna do is we're gonna tear into the roof. I'd be the guy standing there saying, no, 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 we're not. This is, we're not gonna tear someone's roof up. And, and after a while, they might have talked me into it and the spirit of God would have moved on me and I would have done it. But I'm kind of the rule keeper, kind of, I don't, I don't wanna do that. I, I'm married to a rule breaker in, in some ways. And, and so we balance each other out, right? We balance each other out. I think my wife could have got me on that roof tearing that thing open. I think, I'm pretty sure of that. Um, but, but 
it's, it's a creative thought. We can't get our friend to Jesus. We gotta get him to Jesus. What are we gonna do? We're gonna tear a hole. How committed are you to creativity? You know what, what I love is, is some of our missions partners, um, specifically, I'm, I'm gonna talk to you about Project Rescue. Some of you know this is near and dear to your heart because these people go in India and all over nations, all over the, the world. They, um, they go and they take uh, people that are involved in the sex trade and they bring them out, get them plugged into a local church and see them restored. And I just saw recently what our missions partner, Project Rescue, did. Here's a little video clip. Watch this first one and they'll explain it to you. See this. There is a building and uh, the owner is uh, interested to uh, give it for rent. And we're looking at the building and thinking, wow, wonder what is inside. And we realize it's, it's a brothel running brothel. The first time we walked into this building uh, was an unforgettable experience. It, uh, it was horrific because when you walked in, you, you could actually touch the darkness that was there. Every square inch was used of it for exploitation. But when we saw the building, we knew that we could redeem it. Yeah. You know, that there was a way that we could redeem that darkness and exploitation that was so strong here. Think about that. Creativity. Here's a building, and they thought maybe we could rent this, maybe we could lease this, maybe we could... Well, here's what they did with it. It was a brothel. Let's, let's go, I don't know, let's just change something from a brothel. How about to a ministry center? What would that look like? Check this out. The beginning of freedom is already started before the place is even open. Uh, we find women who are coming here and asking for help. Uh, children have already started coming in. We have been touched by the lives, by the hospitality, the kindness and the graciousness of the lady. So, so here's, here's the scoop. For about $750,000, they, they wouldn't have to lease that building. They could purchase that building. And then on top of that, they, they could underwrite running that ministry center for two years to get more and more women, first of all, to shut down the brothel, second of all, to minister to those women that were a part of the brothel and a part of that red light district and bring them in, minister to them, minister to their kids. For about $750,000, they could do that. Two months ago, they had about six. 690000 of it. Just this week, you dropped $5,000 towards that project, which should be finished up really quick. I don't know. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> Creativity. Man, I wish we could have that building. I wish we could shut down that brothel and just take, turn what was meant for evil for good. How many of you know that's our God? I love that. That's what, that's what we're doing. That's, that's what we see here. I don't care if I, I, I wonder if on their way there, guys, come on, we gotta pick it up. Jesus is gonna, I don't know how long he'll be there. I don't care if we have to rip through the roof. We're getting this guy to him. Was that even a thought? I doubt it. But once they got there, it's like Holy Spirit creativity. And here we are 2,000 years ago, allowing this story to build our faith. Creativity. How about this one? Initiative, creativity. How about courage? Do you see the courage it took for these four friends to bring their friend to Jesus like this? For you and I to see coworkers, neighbors come to Jesus, it's gonna take courage to step out and vocalize our faith. Hear me, I'm all for it. Uh, I'm gonna let them see my Christianity. I'm gonna let them see the love of Jesus in my life. I'm all for that, but it's both and. 
There are times when you and I have to step up and say, but I got to tell you, this is what Jesus has meant in my life. This, this is how I, all of us have born, are born sinful. And, and, and there's got to come a point where that gospel message has got to be shared. And we got to be prepared and have courage to step out. It means this week as you're praying about what the Lord wants you to give to your missions, uh, uh, faith promise over the next year. And you're, um, as, you, as you think about that, you, you need, we need to step out and have the courage to do it. In fact, um, in the back of the seats, there's another thing. It's, I don't have one on me, but it's a, it's, a, it's a missions faith promise. Can you just grab that real quick? I know you front row people. I'm sorry, you're left out. But can you grab that out of the seat back in front of you? <clears throat> and just grab one of those. I want to encourage you to take this with you this week. I want to encourage you to take this and put it where you'll see it all week. I'm not asking you to fill it out yet. Just put it on the refrigerator. Put it in the bathroom mirror. Somewhere where you'll look at it often. And, and do this. Just pray. Just pray, Lord, what do you want to give through me over the next year so that more brothels can be turned into ministry centers, churches, so that we can minister to more people, so we can start more churches all around the world. We can have the courage to step out. And I'm, I'm telling you, um, you'll see miracles happen when you invest your finances beyond the tithe to offerings to go to take the gospel to the ends of the world. God cannot help but to bless those kind of gifts. Let's have the courage to step up. The final word I'd say is this. You know, even on that courage thing, let me just say this real quick. I got so excited last week. I, we we got to get back down. We, we can't get into to, to the Mission of Hope in Haiti right now. We can't get to Haiti. But we're, we're already, we got plans to go to the DR and work with uh, Mission of Hope there in the Dominican Republic. And you'll hear more about that and the timing of it all. But we're planning that. And maybe this is your year. This is your year to get the, Get, get the passport together, have the courage, and let's, let's set our feet on some soil and let's go with no other purpose other than just to bless the missionaries, bless the people that are there, come alongside, and let's let the Lord use us. The last thing I'd say is this, persistence. How many of us about halfway, would have you been the guy, would have you been the girl that as, as you're carrying your friend and you got about halfway, it's like, I'm so thirsty, or how about this? Do you have a friend that would have been that friend? <laughs> do you know someone who would have been, I can't do this anymore. Man, for a skinny guy, you sure are heavy. Oh, come on. <laughs> but the persistence. They got there. They saw the crowds. We're going to do something about this. We're going to try to get them to Jesus. We're gonna, if we got to tear a hole in the roof, we're going to get them the persistence. You know, for some, some of our missionaries, they might see one convert in the course of a year, just a handful of converts. They're working their tails off. And, and this is what God's called them to do. I, listen, I, I've never really felt sorry for a missionary. Maybe that's mean of me. Because I know this, God gives you grace to do what you're called to do. So really, I've never felt like, poor, poor missionary. I, I've never really felt that. I was like, man, good for you. In fact, my call isn't to go to the nations like that, but I'll do everything I can to help send you there. And I'm so glad you're there. And there's some missionaries I know that they're, they're plugging away, especially in a Muslim context, and they're only seeing one or two handful of people get saved a year. And at what point do you just say, okay, we're done. <laughs> Going home. But what I see is quite the opposite for most of our missionaries. is I see a persistence. I'm going to keep going. 
Listen, there's someone you're praying for. There's someone you're working on. The Holy Spirit's working on them through you. Keep praying. Stay persistent. Initiative, creativity, courage, and persistence. Can we go back to verse 20 on the screen? Can you throw that up there? Because here's the question. Whose faith? Whose faith? When Jesus saw their faith, the faith of those four friends. I can tell you this month and right now, your faith, your faith is going gonna, is gonna to impact people that you come in, in contact with. Your faith is going to win them to Jesus. Your faith is going to help us. You know, I, I, I honestly, I'm as, as, as God is my witness, I don't care if we give more than $300,000 next year to missions or not. I really don't. What, what, I, what I really want to see is, is that all of us are involved in taking the gospel here to our Jerusalem, to our Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. I would love to see every person in this church next Sunday step up, fill out a faith, missions faith promise card so we can know how much we can budget to give to our missionaries, keep them on the field over the next year. I'd love to see that. I believe that's God's heart. I'd love all of us to do something to take the gospel to the ends of the earth. But, but here, here's what I want you to see is we play a role in this. God wants to use you. How humbling is that? Because you're like, uh-uh, I'm not perfect. Hey, join the club. If you're looking for a perfect group of people, you found the wrong church, right? I'm not perfect. I can't do that. God's not looking for perfection. He's looking for direction. Are you following him? Let's let the Lord use us to touch the nations. He already has, and he will continue. Would you stand with me and close your eyes? Worship team, would you come?